0: You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
1: Charles Davis was in the booth yesterday for that game on the NFL on Fox. You can also see him on NFL Network. We are pleased to be joined by an old friend, CD. Thanks for taking the time. How are you?
2: I'm doing great. It's good to hear your voice, Brian. Hello, Cordell. Thanks for having me. How are you doing, sir? Always a I'm pleasure. Great. I'm going doing to defer. I trust you guys are too. We
1: are. And I'm going to defer to Cordell because there's no bigger Titan fan in all of sports media than Cordell Stewart.
0: Charles... You know, you had an opportunity to sit in that stadium and feel the energy uh, that's there. You know, I Been yeah. with Mike Malarkey for some time. I know the system like the back of my hand. <laughs> Give me your take on what you saw with this football team going up, especially on the offensive side of the ball, going against, going against the Legion of Boom, which has a defense. Yep. when it comes to stopping the run. They're really good and they fly around like crazy men sometimes.
2: That is so true. And, you know, I've been lucky enough, Cordell and Brian, that I've done the Tennessee Titans preseason the last two years. I've done their package. So I've watched this grow a little bit, not just in terms of regular season games and seeing what Mike has brought to the table and how he's imprinted his personality, his identity on a team. And he's in lockstep with the general manager, John Robinson. And, one thing I knew going into it, you know, Mike says it very quietly, but with, with with some sternness as well, look, we beat five playoff teams last year. We beat six teams with winning records. We went nine and seven. We're not going to be intimidated despite the fact that Seattle and it, to me, it was a measuring stick game is a proven game for, you know, the national media, for the national fans to see Tennessee take on someone recognizable because Seattle is more than recognizable. And Mike's a tight end who used to block the heck out of people. He's, a, he's an offensive coordinator who likes to impose his will on people with some physical play. And what was the term that they had, exotic smash mouth? Well, we saw that on display on Sunday. They lined up and went chest-to-chest with Seattle. They didn't have great success early, but they weren't you know dissuaded from it. They just kept going, kept pounding the rock, to use one of those great cliches that's out there. And eventually they cracked them because – they kept the football. It was 117 in the shade on the field when we measured it with a the thermometer at kickoff, and the number of plays accumulated because Seattle's offense couldn't stay on the field, and you saw the end result. You know, big plays from DeMarco Murray. Quick screen to Richard Matthews, it turned into a big play. Derrick Henry with some fine runs down the stretch. They imposed their will, and they wore them out. And you're talking about a significant defensive front, especially with the addition of Sheldon Richardson. So... Get ready, everyone. This is a Tennessee team that has an offense that can travel. They can run this offense in December. They can run it in the rain. They can run it in the snow. They can run it in the slush because a running game will travel just like defense does in basketball. And uh, that's, what, that's what I think of this team. And there's a toughness to them. There's an identity to them now. And now they just have to continue to play to that level. And the last thing I'll tell you, Cordell, is I end this filibuster. They have one big hurdle they've got to get over. And that's mm-hmm. the Indianapolis Colts, believe it or not. Indianapolis has beaten them 16 out of the last 17. Wow. Tennessee was 2-4 and four in their division last year and went 9-7 and seven overall. If they, if they go 3-3 three and three in the division, I think they win it last year ahead of Houston. So that's the big deal for them. Taking care of business in the division, oh, guess who they have this week? Houston. So they've got to get ready to go. But Indianapolis has beaten them 16 of 17, and I'm still trying to fathom that.
1: Hmm. Taking you around the league with one of the best in the business, Charles Davis. Charles, as for Seattle, to get a magnificent performance out of Russell Wilson, 373 passing yards, four touchdowns, and still lose. I know it's early, but does it tell us that Seattle's dealing with some real issues?
2: They're they're definitely dealing with some issues, Brian, on the offensive front, because sometimes the numbers lie a little bit to us, because Russell was magnificent, but he put up 373, um, and he ran for his life most of the day. I think one of the most significant stats in there is the, is the one that's not, not really stated, and that's that Russell Wilson, while sacked one time for the game, probably escaped enough sacks or potential sacks that we could be pushing double digits. I mean, he was that good by himself. I mean, he would take snaps, and Cordell would tell you as a quarterback, if, you're, if you can't even get to hitting your back foot in your drop and before you're having to eye pressure, it's not a good day. No, it's not. that was happening a lot for him, and he became Houdini. They played at their best when they went no-huddle, up-tempo, but that's hard uh, because you've got to protect your defense too, Brian. You know, if you go up-tempo, no-huddle, and go three and out a couple of times or only get one first down, your defense doesn't get much rest, and they were worn out yesterday anyway. So it was a very difficult task for them. But Wilson is so good. I'm not sure he gets the credit he deserves because he continues to operate behind an offensive front that can't quite pull it together enough. And the pressure is always there, and I still can't believe he only got sacked one time. And the last thing about go Vin Scully on you with a stat: Russell Wilson career at Seattle. Anytime he throws it 39 times or more, including yesterday, the Seattle Seahawks are two and seven.
1: That is a good they don't nugget. Play for that him. way.
2: File that don't one play away. That way, yeah. You guys know that they don't play that way. They run the heck out of it. They throw off the play action. They make it comfortable. They get to pick the down and distance when they throw it because they've run it so well, and they're still trying to get that identity back. They kind of left when Thomas Rawls got hurt in 2015 because he ran it pretty well after Marshawn but hasn't been the same since. They're hoping Chris Carson is that guy, but they're not there yet.
0: Charles, you have um, DeMarco Murray in the backfield who had a great run in Dallas. Uh, We end up seeing that was a few years ago. He ends up leaving, going to Philly. They thought he was washed up. He goes to to Nashville, and, and all of a sudden, he's rejuvenated. And Mike Malarkey feeds right into his wheelhouse of how he likes to play the game. When watching him run for that seventy four five yard skipper down the field, I like call it a skipper because yeah. he was scooting along to get there. Uh, <laughs> what's your take on what he has left in the tank? Because it was conversation that Derrick Henry would probably carry the load. But when you create a run like that, that allows you to have 115 yards in the game. What does it say about his mental fortitude and his the physical nature of who he is and what he's still capable of giving back to the game?
2: It says everything because he battled a hamstring all during camp. And then he re-injured it at Jacksonville last week, and that's when Henry carried the load and had his most productive day, 92 yards. I think you saw the touchdown run where he ended up exploding on Jalen Ramsey at the goal line and running right. through him. And the thought was that DeMarco, I mean, DeMarco Murray would not really be 100% for this game. I was worried. I saw him in practice, and he didn't look 100% to me on the Friday. But Mike Mularkey loves him because he does everything well. It's all the things you talked about. He doesn't just run the ball. He's a terrific pass protector. He's a terrific guy to catch the ball out of the backfield, not just on screens, but he can run, you know, route tree for you downfield. He's a guy that's inspirational with the with the team, cares about team first, and he trusts him. And, he's, you know, until he sees real slippage, he's not replacing DeMarco Murray. I was just wondering if he was going to be 100% for this game. And he went ahead and showed if he wasn't 100, it was more than enough for what he needed because it wasn't just a 75-yard run. He made some other tough runs during the game. They right. gave them crucial yardage, kept the ball, chewed up some clock, did a really nice job. And then that allowed Derrick Henry to come in behind him and affect the game as well. I think he had 54 yards on you know, 13, 14 carries and, and continued to use his body and his force. So it's a good two-headed monster, but make no mistake about it. When DeMarco Murray is healthy, he is their lead back, and Derrick Henry will get the other carries. He's not supplanting him anytime soon as long as Murray is healthy.
1: Charles, as we wrap it up, because you're so heavily involved with the NFL draft coverage on NFL Network, what was your assessment of Deshaun Watson coming out of Clemson? Watching that game yesterday, he almost beat the Patriots on the road to Gillette Stadium.
2: Yeah, you know, it's easy to say that you like the guy a lot coming out when they play well early, but you can check the records and all that. He was my number one quarterback in last year's class, and it's what you saw yesterday in New England is why I put him there. When the lights are the brightest, he shines. Okay, when the lights are there, he's he 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 goes. And it's not that he doesn't play well when it was not a big game, that's not the point at all. It's just that to me he elevates in big games. And I've said it before, I'll leave it here. His last two seasons at Clemson, let's let's count what I would call really significant games down the stretch. Two ACC championship games where they beat North Carolina, who I believe was ten and one at the time. They beat Virginia Tech last year, you know, his last year there, and that's Virginia Tech. Everybody knows about them and Bud Foster's defense. College football semifinal, two years in a row, they really whacked Oklahoma, and then last year they destroyed Ohio State, and then in the championship game he went one and one against Alabama and could have easily been two and zero. Alabama made some big plays in the kicking game, a big return by Kenyon Drake for a touchdown, and then of course the onside kick that Nick Saban had the fortitude to call and they executed it, and that gave them the extra uh, extra uh, series and advantage and won the ball game. But this is a kid who has an effect, a major effect on those types of games. I knew he would be intimidated going into New England. Did I think it would take a Tom terrific, break, a Tom terrific uh, drive to win it for New England? I didn't think so, but I knew that he would acquit himself well. So all those things that go into it, that just continue to get better for this young man as he continues to, uh, you know, ascend into being a top pro quarterback. So I have no doubt that he's going to be a Pro Bowl quarterback before his career is over.
1: Charles, always a pleasure, Cordell. As we wrap it up, I just informed Cordell that Charles and I have been friends for 20 years. You want to ask Charles what I was like when I was 25? I'm sure I was very self-aware and a low-key young man.
0: I like how he no tried doubt. to guide you in how to answer that question, Charles. You like how That's he a did the Stanford that for education just, I play, I'm, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm,
2: listen, I'm just co-signing on it, man. Thank I'm you.
0: Co-signing. That's why we're friends. <laughs>
2: That's
0: it. It's That's all right, Charles. We'll talk, <laughs> talk about it another time. We'll talk about it another time. Just you and I, Charles. Just you and I. You and
2: I. You have my number, Cordell. <laughs> That's right. <All> right. <laughs> Thank you, Charles. You guys be good. It's great to chat with you. Thank
1: Always you. a pleasure. Yes, He's one of yeah. the best in the business.
0: You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart. Live on the NFL on TuneIn. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.